Good evening and happy Sunday. I wanted to come on and just share something really quickly. Um, I had read, uh, I was reading out of the book of Genesis yesterday and I came across a story that I read before and it just um, uh, got me to thinking. So I just wanted to come on and just share what I uh, came up with, what I was, um, what I got out of it. Okay, so let's just say that what I got out of it. Um, so it's going to come out of Genesis 19. The first scripture I'm going to be sharing is Genesis 19, 15 through 17. And it says this, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand and the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city so it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said escape for your life do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed okay so then we're going to go down into genesis nineteen twenty six, and it says but his wife looked behind him and she became a pillar of salt let me say that again but his wife looked behind him and she became a pillar of salt now where was this city that they were coming from if you've read the book of genesis and you know all about sodom and gomorrah that's the city from which they were leaving that god was delivering them from that god was taking them away from but lot's wife she looked back okay after she was told not to look back she looked back anyways and became a pillar of salt how many have looked back from where they have come from and wish to be back there how many have asked begged pleaded for deliverance only to look back when times got rough and wish to go back who has done that who who will say that has been me that you thought and you believe that once you uh, decided to give your life back to God, you decided that you were going to get saved, you thought it was just going to be all a bed of roses, that you thought it was just going to be all good. You was not going to have any more trouble. You was not going to be without. You was not going to be um, still um, wanting that old life back. Who, who thought that it was just going to be... Um, uh, who thought it was going to be good? Who thought it was going to be good? The enemy is not going to be letting y'all go like that. He's not just going to be like, okay, you you want out? I'm going to let you out. He's, he's not doing that. So um, there will be times when you will want to go back because you, you, you thought, you believed that um, you were better off. You were better off back there. That's one of the reasons why I believe lot's wife looked back she didn't she didn't want to go into the mountains she wanted to go back from where she was coming from she had got used to being in sodom gomorrah she had got used to seeing all the stuff that was uh going on right in front of her very eyes okay she got used to it so if your eyes could talk what would they say what would be revealed to those around you what would they see that you don't want them to see so many that are in this world do the most trying to keep what they've done and been a part of under wraps. 
But those that have come to love and know the Lord know that all that has to come out of you if you're going to be renewed and saved in God. You will have to release all those things that used to be a part of you when you were of the world. You don't hold on to that stuff just in case you need it again. When you've been chosen or you've decided to be one with Christ, why would you need the things that you possessed when you were in the camp of the enemy? So when you've taken up residence in the kingdom of God, you have no need for those types of things, those types of people, those type places. Why is their number still in your phone? Why do you still have them in your fave five? Why are they still on speed dial? How many of you are still reminiscing over and over in your head of how it used to be? God is trying to take you to a new place, a higher level, a place where your eyes have not seen, your ears haven't heard the singing and chirping of these birds. The air is fresher and the flowers bloom over here differently. You haven't seen this place, but you're looking back and wanting that old raggedy lifestyle. You want that man that was beating you down, telling you that you're nothing and nobody wants you and leaving you every chance he got for another woman. This is what you want. God is giving you his best and you want someone's sloppy seconds. You want a man that doesn't know who he is and who he belongs to. God wants to give you a man that will love you and you alone, but you want a man that is married to another woman. You want a man that will sit at home and play video games while you're out working to pay all the bills and provide for your children. God wants to send you a man that will allow you to, allow you to stay at home and raise your kids, get a degree and start your own business but you want a grown boy who don't want you to know more than him because he knows you will eventually leave him is that is this what Lot's wife saw when she looked back or did she see those men that came to her house that night and wanted to be one with the angels that God sent to free her family they weren't looking to give their life back to God they wanted to impose their way of life on those that were sent and called by God how could she look back on that place and want to go back there? How could you not listen to your husband when he told you not to look back? What was so good back there that you just had to get one more look? I don't know Lot's wife's name, but I would ask her, was it worth it? I would also ask the Israelites that took all that time, 40 years to be exact, because they just couldn't listen to the messengers of God. What was so good while you were bound that you fought so hard to stay in that same mindset? And I'm asking you as well, what was so good? When you were down with the enemy, that when God finally, when you finally allowed God to take hold of you and to pull you out, what was so good back there that you kept wanting to get back there, that you kept looking back, that you kept giving yourself back to the enemy and his uh, whatever he was sending your way. You kept saying, this is too hard. You don't want to be saved anymore. You didn't want to do what God told you to do. You kept making uh, excuses. What was so good that you kept looking back? What was so good that, that Lot's wife decided that she was going to disobey her husband, who was a messenger of God? God told him. God sent his angels and told him, there is time to go. It's time to leave. And his wife 
decided that she wanted to look back just one more time. She knew the danger. She knew what would happen, but she just couldn't get it out of her head that it was something back there that she just had to look one more time. And she did not get to go with Lot and her two daughters because she just couldn't get whatever it was, whatever she saw, she just could not get it out of her head. She wanted to see it one more time. What was it? What was it that you just can't let go of it? What is it? What is it? When you decided to give your life back to God, when you decided that you wanted better, when you decided that you wanted more, you had to release all of those things. You had to give up all of that stuff. You had to give up all of them people. You had to give it up. So how is it? How is it that you can still go back in your mind? And still want to look at it just one more time. You just had to go back one more time. What was so good? What was what was better than what God can provide? What God can give? What was so good that you decided to hang out with the enemy so long? That you decided that being in bondage was much more greater than being free? What was it? What was it? What was so good that Lot's wife decided that she was not going to go with her family? What was so good? You've read the story. You've heard the story about Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what they was doing up in there. What did she have to look back for? If you're looking back, from the place where you have come from, it should only be to give God thanks for bringing you out. That's what it should be about. It should not be about, oh, I need to go back. I miss my friends. I miss the things that I used to do. I miss hanging out in the clubs. I miss drinking those drinks. I miss doing this. I miss doing that. It should not be about that. It should be about God. Thank you for bringing me out. God, thank you for rescuing me. I don't know about you, but I'm never going back. I'm never going back. God has been too good to me. Too good. Nothing that I was doing before. Nothing that I was doing before. Is better than what I've do, I'm doing now. That God is doing in my life now. There's nothing I would want to go back to. Nothing. If I could tell you. What my eyes see. If I could tell you. The things that I had to go through. If I could tell you. The things that God has delivered me from. If I could tell you. The things that I allowed into my life. When I didn't know who I was. And whose I was. If I could tell you. If I could tell you what my eyes see, I'm never going back. Never. Never going back. And that's why the attacks be so, um, that's why the attacks be so, uh, hard. They come so much. Because when you make the decision that you're never going back, the enemy is never going to give up. 
but you got to be stronger. You got to be one with God because God is the one that fights your battles. God is the one that loses his angels to go before you. God is the one who's going to take care of everything. You don't have to do nothing but have faith, believe in him and stay on the path that he has put you on. I'm never going back. So I ask you again, what was so good? What is so good that you have to continually look back? What was so good that Lot's wife decided that she wasn't going to where God wanted to take them to? What was so good? What was it? What was it? So again, the title of this podcast is called If These Eyes Could Talk. And I shared out of Genesis 19 and 26. And Genesis 19, 15 through 17. Thank you for listening, everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Sunday. I am coming on today to give you part two of my three-part series uh, for marriage and family. If you did not hear part one, it is uh, still available up on the podcast. If you're using Anchor, uh, it's on Apple, it's on Google, it's on Spotify, and a few other ones. Um, but it's on there. So you probably want to listen to part one before you listen to part two. Part one was the entryway into um, what I'm going to be speaking of, uh, marriage and family. We started out with just a little background. Um, the main subject of it was just what marriage is biblically, what it is supposed to be defined as. Okay, so I'm not going to get too far into part one because we did that last week. Today we're going into part two. And if you don't know who I am, my name is Tamara McCarthy. I'm uh, the single mom of purpose. Uh, my website is www.tamaramccarthyenterprises.com. Okay, so today part two is actually, it started off as a blog post today. And as I was doing this blog post, preparing it, um, I was like, wow, everything that's coming out is perfect for part two, which is um, for the guys, but women, you can listen to it as well because, uh, yeah, marriage is between a man and a woman. So the title of this, if you're going to also check it out on my website, is called Dear Future Husband, and I put it under my series that is always ongoing spiritual Sundays. Okay, the scripture that I reference is Proverbs 18.22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. First off, let's start by getting the obvious out the way. Everyone is not cut out for marriage. While many have the desire to get married, you need another willing candidate to complete the union. Women... Your husband should choose you. The man should find you. Christian women, your husband 
should choose you and ask you to marry him. Men, you should be asking the woman to marry you, not the other way around. Okay, so go back and listen to part one. That what I just read, you'll get it. Okay, so there seems to be some switch in how it is traditionally done. And many have adopted this new age option that it's okay for a woman to ask a man to marry them. I'm sorry, but I'm old school. And I still believe in the man asking the woman to marry him. And guess what? We got scripture that backs it up. You want to know what scripture that is? Proverbs 18.22. Okay. Now, I shared on the website that I did do a podcast recently on my thoughts in more detail on this subject. And I gave you a link to go ahead and listen to part one. Okay. So, let's continue. As a woman that has the desire to be married, to be a wife, are you preparing yourself? As a man that has the desire to be married to a... Wait. As a man that has a desire to be married, to be a husband, are you preparing yourself? Have you cleared out all the clutter that you've picked up and stored over the years? Have you detached yourself from the soul ties that are clinging on for dear life because they do not want to let go. Don't you think this is important before you make a lifetime commitment to someone else? Don't you think you should be free emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically from all the other people that have come through your life that you've slept with and have had intimate relations with. My personal opinion is yes, you should rid yourself of all of that other past stuff. Okay? Why bring old baggage into a new relationship? Why wouldn't you take the time to get free? So many men and women don't take the time to detach or heal, and they jump right into another relationship. Biblically, as children of God, if you're single, you shouldn't be sleeping around. But many of us do. Some of us finally decide to part from our wicked ways, and we go and ask God for forgiveness and make the commitment to be sex-free until marriage. Is it easy? For some, no, but it can be done. It has to be a personal decision. For me, it became easier because my faith began to outweigh everything else. I knew and believed that God wants me to have the desires of my heart and that he only wants to give me his best. And that applies to all of us. It applies to all of us. Yes, God wants us to have the desires of our hearts. He wants to give us his best, but we have to give him our best. Okay. And that is, um, fully walking into who he has called us to be. Okay. So temptation is a beast and you don't, and if you don't find ways to handle it, it will overtake you each and every time the enemy knows what you like. 
and he will stop at nothing to get you out of order. But you have to be strong and courageous and outsmart him. You have to want and believe that God has greater in store for you and stop falling for the enemy's version of what appears good at that time. For men, women will throw themselves at you if they see and believe you are going places, especially if you are walking in or towards your God-given purpose. All of them aren't doing it because they actually like or want you. They are on assignment from the enemy and you know what his sole purpose is. You know what it is. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And that's out of John 10, 10. We know what the enemy wants. Okay, but God wants more for you. He wants better for you. He wants to give you more, but you have to do your part as well. The same applies for women. If the enemy sees you beginning to get your life on track and you're on your God-given path, then he will throw in some distractions, some roadblocks, and some illusions to get you off track. But you have to stay focused. Marriage is not a walk in the park. It's going to require commitment to making it work and both parties being equally yoked and on one accord. You have to be working towards the same objective and your mindset should be connected and in unison. This is why you can't marry for reasons outside of what God designed marriage for. You can't marry for financial gain. Because God can take it away all in the blink of an eye. You can't marry for their outward appearance only because that doesn't last. You can't marry because their sex game is tight. They'll get old one day and they won't be able to lay it down anymore. You can't marry because you don't want to be alone because they can easily walk away and never look back. This is where the first scripture I shared comes into play, Proverbs 18.22. When you choose the right person that God has designed specifically for you, then everything else has already been added into the equation. God is only going to send or present you with his best. And I share Genesis 2.18. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. That is a key word, comparable to him. You have to be equally yoked. You have to be. You want it to work. You want God's favor. You want God's abundance. You have to be comparable. Both of y'all, both of y'all have to be on the right path, on the same track, in the same mindset, walking in unison. Okay, then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Genesis 2, 21 through 23. If you're walking in your purpose, and connect with someone that God didn't send or create specific to you, then what happens when the attacks start to come in? Are they equipped to handle them? Do they know where their attacks are coming from and know how to handle them? 
These questions are vital. How can a woman or man not designed to be part of your life recognize spiritual warfare? Know how to be prepared to block the fiery darts. How to pick up on when someone from the enemy's camp has infiltrated your sacred territory. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? 2 Corinthians 2, 14-15 Dear future husband, I pray you are well and working on becoming a better man so we can meet one day. I have been working on myself because I want to be the helpmeet that our Heavenly Father has designed me to be. I haven't always been on the right track of my life, but I'm getting there and doing my best to stay on track. How about you? Ladies, do you take out the time to pray for your future husband? Fellas, are you praying that you stay on track for God and are walking upright? Are you keeping your mind, body, soul, and spirit from the free from distractions and soul ties are you working on getting free from old mindsets and habits you picked up over the years have you willingly let go of all the things and people that no longer serve purpose in your life are you preparing yourself to be the husband that god has designed you to be Husbands, love your wives just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And that is out of Ephesians 5, 25 through 28. That is all that I have for you guys today. Um, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at um, just how... I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed at how good God is and how people just willingly <laughs> don't want to abide, how they willingly just want to be out of order. Um, and I'll say it again from part one. Women should not be asking men to marry them. Okay? Proverbs 18.22 shows us it tells us he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the lord okay but men y'all have to do y'all part okay there are so many so many good christian godly women waiting for y'all to get yourselves together okay we're waiting on y'all. We're not going with that new age stuff like them other people are and women getting down their hands and knees and not they whatever they're doing on their knee, one knee, whatever, and asking no dude to marry them. I will not be a part of that foolishness. I would not be a part of that foolishness. 
I believe what the Bible says. Okay? I believe what the Bible says. I don't know how much longer I have to wait, but I am waiting on God. That's my decision. I can't speak for anybody else, but I am waiting on God. Okay? I have been doing my part. I have been clearing my mind, body, soul, and spirit of all the old, previous, past stuff and people and things that I've allowed into my life that I may have fallen into. I have to get free from that stuff. I want to be the woman that God has called me to be. And in doing that, I have to be, be preparing myself to be the wife that he is preparing me to be for my husband. So that is all. Thanks for listening. Part three will be coming soon, you guys. Thanks again. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Sunday. I am coming on today to give you part two of my three-part series uh, for marriage and family. If you did not hear part one, it is uh, still available up on the podcast. If you're using Anchor, uh, it's on Apple, it's on Google, it's on Spotify, and a few other ones. Um, but it's on there. So you probably want to listen to part one before you listen to part two. Part one was the entryway into um, what I'm going to be speaking of, uh, marriage and family. We started out with just a little background. Um, The main subject of it was just what marriage is biblically, what it is supposed to be defined as. Okay, so I'm not going to get too far into part one because we did that last week. Today we're going into part two. And if you don't know who I am, my name is Tamara McCarthy. I'm uh, the single mom of purpose. Uh, My website is www.tamaramccarthyenterprises.com. Okay, so today, part two is actually, it started off as a blog post today. And as I was doing this blog post, preparing it, um, I was like, wow, everything that's coming out is perfect for part two, which is um, for the guys, but women, you can listen to it as well because, uh, yeah, marriage is between a man and a woman. So... The title of this, if you're going to also check it out on my website, is called Dear Future Husband. And I put it under my series that is always ongoing, Spiritual Sundays. Okay, the scripture that I reference is Proverbs 18.22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. First off, let's start by getting the obvious out the way. Everyone is not cut out for marriage. While many have the desire to get married, you need another willing candidate to complete the union. Women, your husband should choose you. The man should find you. Christian women, your husband should choose you and ask you to marry him. Men, you should be asking the woman to marry you, not the other way around. Okay, so go back and listen to part one. That what I just read, 
you'll get it okay so there seems to be some switch in how it is traditionally done and many have adopted this new age option that it's okay for a woman to ask a man to marry them i'm sorry but i'm old school and i still believe in the man asking the woman to marry him and guess what we got scripture that backs it up you want to know what scripture that is proverbs 18:22 okay now i shared on the website that i did do a podcast recently on my thoughts in more detail on this subject and i gave you a link to go ahead and listen to part one okay so let's continue as a woman that has the desire to be married to be a wife are you preparing yourself as a man that has the desire to be married to a wait as a man that has a desire to be married to be a husband are you preparing yourself have you cleared out all the clutter that you've picked up and stored over the years have you detached yourself from the soul ties that are clinging on for dear life because they do not want to let go don't you think this is important before you make a lifetime commitment to someone else don't you think you should be free emotionally mentally spiritually and physically from all the other people that have come through your life that you've slept with and have had intimate relations with my personal opinion is yes you should rid yourself of all of that other past stuff okay why bring old baggage into a new relationship why wouldn't you take the time to get free so many men and women don't take the time to detach or heal and they jump right into another relationship biblically as children of god if you're single you shouldn't be sleeping around but many of us do some of us finally decide to part from our wicked ways and we go and ask god for forgiveness and make the commitment to be sex free until marriage is it easy for some no but it can be done it has to be a personal decision for me it became easier because my faith began to outweigh everything else i knew and believed that god wants me to have the desires of my heart and that he only wants to give me his best and that applies to all of us it applies to all of us yes god wants us to have the desires of our hearts he wants to give us his best but we have to give him our best okay and that is uh fully walking into who he has called us to be okay so temptation is a beast and you don't and if you don't find ways to handle it it will overtake you each and every time the enemy knows what you like and he will stop at nothing to get you out of order but you have to be strong and courageous and outsmart him you have to want and believe that god has greater in store for you and stop falling for the enemy's version of what appears good at that time for men 
women will throw themselves at you if they see and believe you are going places, especially if you are walking in or towards your God-given purpose. All of them aren't doing it because they actually like or want you. They are on assignment from the enemy and you know what his sole purpose is. You know what it is. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And that's out of John 10.10. We know what the enemy wants. Okay, but God wants more for you. He wants better for you. He wants to give you more, but you have to do your part as well. The same applies for women. If the enemy sees you beginning to get your life on track and you're on your God given path, then he will throw in some distractions, some roadblocks and some illusions to get you off track. But you have to stay focused. Marriage is not a walk in the park. It's going to require commitment to making it work and both parties being equally yoked and on one accord. You have to be working towards the same objective and your mindset should be connected and in unison. This is why you can't marry for reasons outside of what God designed marriage for. You can't marry for financial gain. Because God can take it away all in the blink of an eye. You can't marry for their outward appearance only because that doesn't last. You can't marry because their sex game is tight. They'll get old one day and they won't be able to lay it down anymore. You can't marry because you don't want to be alone because they can easily walk away and never look back. This is where the first scripture I shared comes into play, Proverbs 18.22. When you choose the right person that God has designed specifically for you, then everything else has already been added into the equation. God is only going to send or present you with his best. And I share Genesis 2.18. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. That is a key word, comparable to him. You have to be equally yoked. You have to be. You want it to work. You want God's favor. You want God's abundance. You have to be comparable. Both of y'all, both of y'all have to be on the right path, on the same track, in the same mindset, walking in unison. Okay, then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Genesis 2, 21 through 23. If you're walking in your purpose and connect with someone that God didn't send or create specific to you, then what happens when the attacks start to come in? Are they equipped to handle them? Do they know where their attacks are coming from and know how to handle them? These questions are vital. How can a woman or man not designed to be part of your life recognize spiritual warfare? Know how to be prepared to block the fiery darts. How to pick up on when someone from the enemy's camp has infiltrated your sacred territory. 
do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15. Dear future husband, I pray you are well and working on becoming a better man so we can meet one day. I have been working on myself because I want to be the helpmeet that our Heavenly Father has designed me to be. I haven't always been on the right track of my life, but I'm getting there and doing my best to stay on track. How about you? Ladies, do you take out the time to pray for your future husband? Fellas, are you praying that you stay on track for God and are walking upright? Are you keeping your mind, body, soul, and spirit free from distractions and soul ties? Are you working on getting free from old mindsets and habits you picked up over the years? Have you willingly let go of all the things and people that no longer serve purpose in your life? Are you preparing yourself to be the husband that God has designed you to be? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And that is out of Ephesians 5, 25 through 28. That is all that I have for you guys today. Um, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at um, just how... I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed at how good God is and how people just willingly <laughs> don't want to abide how they willingly just want to be out of order um and i'll say it again from part one women should not be asking men to marry them okay proverbs 18:22 shows us it tells us he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord okay but men y'all have to do y'all part okay there are so many so many good Christian godly women waiting for y'all to get yourselves together okay we're waiting on y'all we're not going with that new age stuff like them other people are and women getting on their hands and knees and not they whatever they doing on their knee one knee whatever and asking no dude to marry them i would not be a part of that foolishness i would not be a part of that foolishness i believe what the bible says okay i believe what the bible says i don't know how much longer i have to wait but i am waiting on god that's my decision I can't speak for anybody else, but I am waiting on God, 
okay? I have been doing my part. I have been clearing my mind, body, soul, and spirit of all the old, previous, past stuff and people and things that I've allowed into my life that I may have fallen into. I have to get free from that stuff. I want to be the woman that God has called me to be. And in doing that, I have to be be preparing myself to be the wife that he is preparing me to be for my husband. So that is all. Thanks for listening. Part three will be coming soon, you guys. Thanks again. everybody happy Sunday I am coming on today to give you part two of my three-part series uh, for marriage and family if you did not hear part one it is uh, still available up on the podcast if you're using anchor uh, it's on Apple it's on Google it's on Spotify and a few other ones Um, but it's on there so you probably want to listen to part one before you listen to part two part one was the entryway into um, what I'm going to be speaking of, uh, marriage and family. We started out with just a little background. Um, The main subject of it was just what marriage is biblically, what it is supposed to be defined as. Okay, so I'm not going to get too far into part one because we did that last week. Today we're going into part two. And if you don't know who I am, my name is Tamara McCarthy. I'm uh, the single mom of purpose. Uh, My website is www.tamaramccarthyenterprises.com. Okay, so today, part two is actually, it started off as a blog post today. And as I was doing this blog post, preparing it, um, I was like, wow, everything that's coming out is perfect for part two which is um for the guys but women you can listen to it as well because uh yeah marriage is between a man and a woman so the title of this if you're going to also check it out on my website is called dear future husband and i put it under my series that is always ongoing spiritual sundays Okay, the scripture that I reference is Proverbs 18.22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. First off, let's start by getting the obvious out the way. Everyone is not cut out for marriage. While many have the desire to get married, you need another willing candidate to complete the union. Women... Your husband should choose you. The man should find you. Christian women, your husband should choose you and ask you to marry him. Men, you should be asking the woman to marry you, not the other way around. Okay, so go back and listen to part one. That, what I just read, you'll get it, okay? So there seems to be some switch in how it is traditionally done, and many have adopted this new age option that it's okay for a woman to ask a man to marry them. 
I'm sorry, but I'm old school. And I still believe in the man asking the woman to marry him. And guess what? We got scripture that backs it up. You want to know what scripture that is? Proverbs 18.22. Okay? Now, I shared on the website that I did do a podcast recently on my thoughts in more detail on this subject. And I gave you a link to go ahead and listen to part one. Okay? So, let's continue. As a woman that has the desire to be married, to be a wife, are you preparing yourself as a man that has the desire to be married to a wait as a man that has a desire to be married to be a husband are you preparing yourself have you cleared out all the clutter that you've picked up and stored over the years have you detached yourself from the soul ties that are clinging on for dear life because they do not want to let go Don't you think this is important before you make a lifetime commitment to someone else? Don't you think you should be free emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically from all the other people that have come through your life, that you've slept with and have had intimate relations with? My personal opinion is yes. You should rid yourself of all of that other past stuff, okay? Why bring old baggage into a new relationship? Why wouldn't you take the time to get free? So many men and women don't take the time to detach or heal and they jump right into another relationship. Biblically, as children of God, if you're single, you shouldn't be sleeping around. But many of us do. Some of us finally decide to part from our wicked ways and we go and ask God for forgiveness and make the commitment to be sex-free until marriage. Is it easy? For some, no, but it can be done. It has to be a personal decision. For me, it became easier because my faith began to outweigh everything else. I knew and believed that God wants me to have the desires of my heart and that he only wants to give me his best. And that applies to all of us. It applies to all of us. Yes, God wants us to have the desires of our hearts. He wants to give us his best, but we have to give him our best. Okay? And that is... uh, fully walking into who he has called us to be okay so temptation is a beast and you don't and if you don't find ways to handle it it will overtake you each and every time the enemy knows what you like and he will stop at nothing to get you out of order but you have to be strong and courageous and outsmart him you have to want and believe that God has greater in store for you and stop falling for the enemy's version of what appears good at that time. For men, women will throw themselves at you if they see and believe you are going places, especially if you are walking in or towards your God-given purpose. 
all of them are doing it because they actually like or want you. They are on assignment from the enemy and you know what his sole purpose is. You know what it is. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And that's out of John 10, 10. We know what the enemy wants, okay? But God wants more for you. He wants better for you. He wants to give you more, but you have to do your part as well. The same applies for women. If the enemy sees you beginning to get your life on track and you're on your God-given path, then he will throw in some distractions, some roadblocks, and some illusions to get you off track. But you have to stay focused. Marriage is not a walk in the park. It's going to require commitment to making it work and both parties being equally yoked and on one accord. You have to be working towards the same objective and your mindset should be connected and in unison. This is why you can't marry for reasons outside of what God designed marriage for. You can't marry for financial gain because God can take it away all in the blink of an eye. You can't marry for their outward appearance only because that doesn't last. You can't marry because their sex game is tight. They'll get old one day and they won't be able to lay it down anymore. You can't marry because you don't want to be alone because they can easily walk away and never look back. This is where the first scripture I shared comes into play, Proverbs 18.22. When you choose the right person that God has designed specifically for you, then everything else has already been added into the equation. God is only going to send or present you with his best. And I share Genesis 2.18. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. That is a key word, comparable to him. You have to be equally yoked. You have to be. You want it to work. You want God's favor. You want God's abundance. You have to be comparable. Both of y'all, both of y'all have to be on the right path, on the same track, in the same mindset, walking in unison. Okay? Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Genesis 2, 21 through 23. If you're walking in your purpose and connect with someone that God didn't send or create specific to you, then what happens when the attacks start to come in? Are they equipped to handle them? Do they know where their attacks are coming from and know how to handle them? These questions are vital. How can a woman or man not designed to be part of your life recognize spiritual warfare? Know how to be prepared to block the fiery darts. How to pick up on when someone from the enemy's camp has infiltrated your sacred territory. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? 
and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15. Dear future husband, I pray you are well and working on becoming a better man so we can meet one day. I have been working on myself because I want to be the helpmeet that our Heavenly Father has designed me to be. I haven't always been on the right track of my life, but I'm getting there and doing my best to stay on track. How about you? Ladies, do you take out the time to pray for your future husband? Fellas, are you praying that you stay on track for God and are walking upright? Are you keeping your mind body, soul, and spirit free from distractions and soul ties? Are you working on getting free from old mindsets and habits you picked up over the years? Have you willingly let go of all the things and people that no longer serve purpose in your life? Are you preparing yourself to be the husband that God has designed you to be? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And that is out of Ephesians 5, 25 through 28. That is all that I have for you guys today. Um, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at um, just how... I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed at how good God is and how people just willingly <laughs> don't want to abide, how they willingly just want to be out of order. Um, and I'll say it again from part one. Women should not be asking men to marry them. Okay? Proverbs 18.22 shows us it tells us he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the lord okay but men y'all have to do your part okay there are so many so many good christian godly women waiting for y'all to get yourselves together okay we're waiting on y'all. We're not going with that new age stuff like them other people are and women getting on their hands and knees and not they whatever they're doing on their knee, one knee, whatever, and asking no dude to marry them. I would not be a part of that foolishness. I would not be a part of that foolishness. I believe what the Bible says. Okay? I believe what the Bible says. I don't know how much longer I have to wait, but I am waiting on God. That's my decision. I can't speak for anybody else, but I am waiting on God. Okay? I have been doing my part. I have been 
clearing my mind, body, soul, and spirit of all the old, previous, past stuff and people and things that I've allowed into my life that I may have fallen into. I have to get free from that stuff. I want to be the woman that God has called me to be. And in doing that, I have to be be preparing myself to be the wife that he is preparing me to be for my husband. So that is all. Thanks for listening. Part three will be coming soon, you guys. Thanks again. everybody happy Sunday I am coming on today to give you part two of my three-part series uh, for marriage and family if you did not hear part one it is uh, still available up on the podcast if you're using anchor uh, it's on Apple it's on Google it's on Spotify and a few other ones Um, but it's on there so you probably want to listen to part one before you listen to part two part one was the entryway into um, what I'm going to be speaking of, uh, marriage and family. We started out with just a little background. Um, The main subject of it was just what marriage is biblically, what it is supposed to be defined as. Okay, so I'm not going to get too far into part one because we did that last week. Today we're going into part two. And if you don't know who I am, my name is Tamara McCarthy. I'm uh, the single mom of purpose. Uh, my website is www.tamaramccarthyenterprises.com. Okay, so today, part two is actually, it started off as a blog post today. And as I was doing this blog post, preparing it, um, I was like, wow, everything that's coming out is perfect for part two which is um for the guys but women you can listen to it as well because uh yeah marriage is between a man and a woman so the title of this if you're going to also check it out on my website is called dear future husband and i put it under my series that is always ongoing spiritual sundays Okay, the scripture that I reference is Proverbs 18.22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. First off, let's start by getting the obvious out the way. Everyone is not cut out for marriage. While many have the desire to get married, you need another willing candidate to complete the union. Women... Your husband should choose you. The man should find you. Christian women, your husband should choose you and ask you to marry him. Men, you should be asking the woman to marry you, not the other way around. Okay, so go back and listen to part one. That, what I just read, you'll get it, okay? So there seems to be some switch in how it is traditionally done, and many have adopted this new age option that it's okay for a woman to ask a man to marry them. I'm sorry, but I'm old school. 
and I still believe in the man asking the woman to marry him. And guess what? We got scripture that backs it up. You want to know what scripture that is? Proverbs 18.22. Okay. Now, I shared on the website that I did do a podcast recently on my thoughts in more detail on this subject. And I gave you a link to go ahead and listen to part one. Okay. So, let's continue. As a woman that has the desire to be married, to be a wife, are you preparing yourself as a man that has the desire to be married to a wait as a man that has a desire to be married to be a husband are you preparing yourself have you cleared out all the clutter that you've picked up and stored over the years have you detached yourself from the soul ties that are clinging on for dear life because they do not want to let go Don't you think this is important before you make a lifetime commitment to someone else? Don't you think you should be free emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically from all the other people that have come through your life, that you've slept with and have had intimate relations with? My personal opinion is yes. You should rid yourself of all of that other past stuff, okay? Why bring old baggage into a new relationship? Why wouldn't you take the time to get free? So many men and women don't take the time to detach or heal and they jump right into another relationship. Biblically, as children of God, if you're single, you shouldn't be sleeping around. But many of us do. Some of us finally decide to part from our wicked ways and we go and ask God for forgiveness and make the commitment to be sex-free until marriage. Is it easy? For some, no, but it can be done. It has to be a personal decision. For me, it became easier because my faith began to outweigh everything else. I knew and believed that God wants me to have the desires of my heart and that he only wants to give me his best. And that applies to all of us. It applies to all of us. Yes, God wants us to have the desires of our hearts. He wants to give us his best, but we have to give him our best. Okay? And that is... uh, fully walking into who he has called us to be okay so temptation is a beast and you don't and if you don't find ways to handle it it will overtake you each and every time the enemy knows what you like and he will stop at nothing to get you out of order but you have to be strong and courageous and outsmart him you have to want and believe that God has greater in store for you and stop falling for the enemy's version of what appears good at that time. For men, women will throw themselves at you if they see and believe you are going places, especially if you are walking in or towards your God-given purpose. All of them aren't doing it because they actually like or want you. They are on assignment 
from the enemy and you know what his sole purpose is. You know what it is. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And that's out of John 10.10. We know what the enemy wants. Okay, but God wants more for you. He wants better for you. He wants to give you more, but you have to do your part as well. The same applies for women. If the enemy sees you beginning to get your life on track and you're on your God-given path, then he will throw in some distractions, some roadblocks, and some illusions to get you off track. But you have to stay focused. Marriage is not a walk in the park. It's going to require commitment to making it work and both parties being equally yoked and on one accord. You have to be working towards the same objective and your mindset should be connected and in unison. This is why you can't marry for reasons outside of what God designed marriage for. You can't marry for financial gain. Because God can take it away all in the blink of an eye. You can't marry for their outward appearance only because that doesn't last. You can't marry because their sex game is tight. They'll get old one day and they won't be able to lay it down anymore. You can't marry because you don't want to be alone because they can easily walk away and never look back. This is where the first scripture I shared comes into play, Proverbs 18.22. When you choose the right person that God has designed specifically for you, then everything else has already been added into the equation. God is only going to send or present you with his best. And I share Genesis 2.18. And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. That is a key word, comparable to him. You have to be equally yoked. You have to be. You want it to work. You want God's favor. You want God's abundance. You have to be comparable. Both of y'all, both of y'all have to be on the right path, on the same track, in the same mindset, walking in unison. Okay, then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Genesis 2, 21 through 23. If you're walking in your purpose and connect with someone that God didn't send or create specific to you, then what happens when the attacks start to come in? Are they equipped to handle them? Do they know where their attacks are coming from and know how to handle them? These questions are vital. How can a woman or man not designed to be part of your life recognize spiritual warfare? Know how to be prepared to block the fiery darts. How to pick up on when someone from the enemy's camp has infiltrated your sacred territory. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? 
or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15. Dear future husband, I pray you are well and working on becoming a better man so we can meet one day. I have been working on myself because I want to be the helpmeet that our Heavenly Father has designed me to be. I haven't always been on the right track of my life, but I'm getting there and doing my best to stay on track. How about you? Ladies, do you take out the time to pray for your future husband? Fellas, are you praying that you stay on track for God and are walking upright? Are you keeping your mind, body, soul, and spirit free from distractions and soul ties? Are you working on getting free from old mindsets and habits you picked up over the years? Have you willingly let go of all the things and people that no longer serve purpose in your life? Are you preparing yourself to be the husband that God has designed you to be? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And that is out of Ephesians 5, 25 through 28. That is all that I have for you guys today. Um, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at um, just how... I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed at how good God is and how people just willingly <laughs> don't want to abide how they willingly just want to be out of order um and i'll say it again from part one women should not be asking men to marry them okay proverbs eighteen twenty two shows us it tells us he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord okay but men y'all have to do y'all part okay there are so many so many good Christian godly women waiting for y'all to get yourselves together okay we're waiting on y'all we're not going with that new age stuff like them other people are and women getting on their hands and knees and not they whatever they doing on their knee one knee whatever and asking no dude to marry them i would not be a part of that foolishness i would not be a part of that foolishness i believe what the bible says okay i believe what the bible says i don't know how much longer i have to wait but i am waiting on god that's my decision I can't speak for anybody else, but I am waiting on God, okay? I have been doing my part. I have been clearing my mind, body, soul, and spirit of all the old, previous, past stuff and people and things that I've allowed into my life, 
that I may have fallen into. I have to get free from that stuff. I want to be the woman that God has called me to be. And in doing that, I have to be be preparing myself to be the wife that he is preparing me to be for my husband. So that is all. Thanks for listening. Part three will be coming soon, you guys. Thanks again.